I don't know why the podcast isn't doesn't have a better following. I don't know why nobody likes my podcast. Anyway, I like it. Uh, I I did shows with Maria Bamford all weekend. Whoa, how about that? Hey 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 hey. Check this out. This is Ray Bedford. You're listening to the Goddamn Healing Club. Why don't you get out there and heal? See what I mean? It's uh um, I had the actual Maria Bamford do a little uh uh bumper uh, for for my for my podcast. Isn't that great? I I um yeah yeah it's a party. We um this is the the Healing Club and uh. And this week's guest, again, is Micah Green, because I hang out with Micah kind of a lot, and I, we see him at shows, and uh, it's always pretty funny, and uh, we do this podcast again, get get her done, alright, Mrs. Kisses, uh, I'm going to give you some food, little kisses, I'm going to give you, first, first I'm going to give you some food, then I'll give you some water, and uh, and I hope to stay alive. I got some pretty litter, uh, kitty litter for you, to health monitoring kitty litter for Mrs. Kisses because you know sometimes I worry about you. And um, anyway, let's let's get this goddamn healing on for the fucking healing club. This is the fucking healing club with Bob fucking Morrissey, and this guest is Micah Goddamn Green. Hey, get out, get your ass in gear. And fucking heal your trauma, you bitch. Alright. This is the fucking healing club. And uh go go to hell, you dick. Okay, alright, I think we'll record this one this yeah, way. Alright, right, good. Okay, so Bob, it is the eve of your uh hosting set for Maria Bamford. I don't think I'll be hosting all or, four shows. Uh-huh. I'll be on all four shows. You're featuring set, or you're... Uh, I'm hosting or featuring... I don't even know who's on the show. I know it's... The first one, I'm not too sure, but I know it's the eve of the eve of my girlfriend, Hannah Philibert, being on the Saturday show. I thought Very she was of... Philibert. No, well, you know, a lot of people mispronounce it. The, uh, a lot of people don't like to give her credit for being French. Mm. They think of her only as a Jew. I, I think it's like, oh, who are you? Stephen Colbert? Hannah Philibert? No, it's just... Oh, you're... Because Stephen Colbert was always... His family is like Colbert. They don't call each other Colbert. I know, but they were wrong. As, it's, uh, it's, not, it's not bad to try and, like... Yeah, it's like my dumb dad and my dumb great dad got it wrong. But I can I can rewrite a history. Like, I have, I have a family that's Lavoie. And they just decided a couple generations ago to start saying Lavoie. LaVoice? LaVoice. Pat Sorois does that. Yeah. See? It's yeah. not good. Wow. You know? Pat, you saying Pat Sorois isn't good? He's an Austin comic who's very good. Oh, is he? Yeah. Pat, you don't know Pat Sorois? No, I don't know Pat Sorois. Oh, Pat, yeah, he's Pat, been in I, comedy for years. Pat, I don't know you, but it's never too late to snatch away your uh, your uh, 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 legacy from the, from the failure of your ancestors. You can always rewrite... The failures of your ancestors. You can start going by what's his name again? Pat Lavoie. Nope. Pat Sorois. Pat Soroy. Pat Sorois. Pat Sorois. Pat Sorois. That sounds like a pissery. Yeah. <laughs> Instead of a piggery, we got a pissery where people drink piss. <laughs> that pigs run around by your feet taking shits. They have and then the, you drink the piss and then it's a pissery because the, you piss. I don't know. I they, like shit. They have a goat yoga thing. Goat where, yoga, that sounds fun. It's well. So the goats. Uh, Is that a Devo song? It's like <laughs> it would make for a good Devo video. It looks ridiculous. The, goat yoga. The oh, yeah. you get in all you get on all fours and these baby goats uh, jump on your back and walk all over you, and it's supposed to like relieve tent like their feet are good for uh, hitting pressure points and stuff. But they also the goats have horrible piss, and male goats will like piss into their own face so that they can get. Like their beard full of piss, so they can go rubbing their beard on stuff like a horrible, you know. You know which commercial I hate? There's a com- there's like some sort of a fucking insurance options commercial. I don't even want to dignify their company with the. Uh, there's some guy who's like, uh, uh, 
I love to smell my fucking beard uh, after I fucking piss. And then he puts his pissy beard up to his face. And he's like, yeah, I love smelling my pissy beard. <laughs> and then the guy in the Geico commercial is like, oh, no need to get that personal. Uh, just try. We have options for anyone, fucker. And then, uh, <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> I'm like, it's so annoying. It's obnoxious. Was that slurping sound? Was that him drinking the piss from his beard? Was yeah. Oh, it stinks. <laughs> mm. That's good. I like the, uh, oh. I like the, uh, the, the Lamu Ibu where, um, it gets fucked and it's cloaca. Oh. <laughs> Those are all things I don't understand. <laughs> yeah. You're the scientist from NASA who made a fool of himself at Joe Perry yesterday. I did. <laughs> that was so funny. I, I had 400 people laughed at you. I, how did I that feel? Were, I wish they were laughing. Oh, no, they were booing you. I'm sorry. That was funny. They were booing you. I mean, I was laughing about it later. I think they all were, too. So you, know, uh, you, you, made, a, you made a name for yourself. You yelled your social media at Joe Para during the show. So Joe Para does, like, this call and response sort of thing, which I wasn't anticipating any of this show to be the way that it was. I thought that there was going to be, like, more multimedia and there's going to be, like, slides of like, uh, pictures of apples or something. He's stuff. just a stand-up. He's a funny stand-up. Yes, and uh, it's... Uh, well, and he had a, you know, and he had like a like a crowd work thing that he was doing, and I was participating a lot because uh, the other people who went to his show would try to yell stuff out, but they're all like real mousy collegiate types, so they could never quite get loud enough for him. To, did you remember how many people like tried to yell stuff out? Yeah, like, most people aren't funny too, and uh, Joe Perro was asking some question about uh, about this experience he had uh, what do you think happened when i was and people were throwing getting... pita chips well not entire pita chips but little pieces of pita chips at the squirrels in a park and i decided to throw one big one the squirrel holding an entire pita cracker it's as if you were holding a whole table up in your arms and i just wanted to see if he had the capacity to do that and then yeah he just had a joke where the whole joke was how basic and boring what he was talking about was and d does anybody have an opinion about that well he, uh, <laughs> he asked what do you think happened with the pita chip and all i yeah. did was well somebody before you was going like uh joe para was like was he able to hold the chip and eat it in yeah. the air like a sandwich or did he throw it on the ground and eat it which one do you think happened yeah. and then the person in the audience kept going yes as if that was funny yeah. Yes, when you when you to answer that a question like that, and so you piped in with an actual informed opinion or like a you know a suggested opinion about what did you say? I did what they call an improv, playing to the height of your intelligence. So he was asking the question, hey, how do you think this uh, squirrel would handle this pita chip?" And basically, what I said was, "Yes, well, absolutely, he could eat the pita chip. Because pita chip's just like you know, it's mostly air. It'd be like picking up a card table, and it's not funny at all when I say it like no. that." No. But boy, did people like it. Joe liked it. They were all no. Like, it was just like you. So you had much. a uh, you had a good couple of responses to Joe. Like you, you, you had a like you got the crowd going and you made him laugh. And I was proud of you. And I thought, oh God, Micah, as long as you don't say uh, you're a stand-up comedian <laughs> when he asks another question, which is the next thing you did. He asked me what I did. <laughs> he was like, "What do you do?" And so, like, the real answer is, I, I'm a fucking, uh, I work in reputation management for a slumlord, and I was like, well, that's a bummer. So, so You could have said uh, that. That would have been funny. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. <laughs> you could have so, said my job. Strip club DJ. That is an objectively funny job. I, did, I just figured that, like, you know, this crowd of, you know, very principled, young emotionally sensitive intelligent people nothing would sour them against me more than me saying i work in the apartment industry instead oh, i'm a landlord slumlord's little goon instead i'm going to say i'm in reputation management for a slumlord yes i just thought of how funny that is <laughs> that's you yeah <laughs> instead, oh god we are you proud of your work <laughs> you love your work are you, are you a good man? No. <laughs> are you... no. No, no. So, in trying to hide the most shameful part of myself, I decided to endear them to me with 
an objectively endearing thing that I'm a stand-up comedian. Mm. And upon revealing that, I would Boo. say about 50 people. There's a, 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 a room of about 600 okay. people. And about 50 people started booing me. And I thought it was really funny how, like, immediately offended and betrayed they were by the fact that I was a stand-up comedian. And so I just figured uh, I'd run Well, him. the whole charm of the back-and-forth interaction you had with him was that it seemed like you were an ordinary person just talking. Well, and then it, when it's some fucking dude who's like, what was he, planted there? Oh, shut up. I didn't pay to see you, Micah. If I was a plant, would I have admitted to being a comedian? No. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. But if you were a good comedian, you wouldn't have said I'm a comedian. That's no. why I hate when I hate telling people I do comedy. Well, I get yeah. it uh, when I'm clearly doing something else for money. I uh, don't know. But the, uh, the you know what else I hate? Can we change the subject for a second? Okay. I I hate uh, those like comedy shows benefiting like some cause. Like all right, all the we're gonna raise money through local comedy. And then maybe donate $800 through everybody passing a bucket around for a local showcase. And when these comedians are just going to give up any money, they, oh, like, we could get paid nothing anyway. Right. And then all you're seeing when you do one of those charity shows is how much they would pay if they gave a fuck about you. (laughs) (laughs) And, like, uh, this is what you'd be really worth if we cared. But we don't care about you. We nominally care about looking good ourselves and donating to something that, like, we can't change fundamentally, structurally. We're just going to, like, here's, like, money for homeless kids. It's like, we all care about homeless kids, but we don't, yeah, like. We're going to donate this to a Slumlords marketing fund. (laughs) (laughs) They really need, need everything they can get. It's difficult to write um, responses to people who uh, have bed bugs, and I have to say, "Well, sorry you feel that way." Ooh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Probably shouldn't be talking this freely. Guys, <laughs> you're like the Leahy from uh, Trailer Park Boys. Uh, you're like the Mister Leahy, <laughs> or no? You're just what's the shirtless guy? Randy. <laughs> That's your job, for reputation <laughs> management, for yeah. a slumlord. You're like, uh, yeah. no real authority, no real power, just going around harassing people or, or like, uh, telling them, yeah. And granted, not every property we own is a slum. We also uh, own some, like, very high-scale, you know, the appliances talk to you, and they have bamboo floors and, you know, chandeliers. But then we own places where it's like, hey, there's homeless people bathing in our uh, pool every day. Oh man, and, they, they, uh, I mean, homeless people have to bathe somewhere. I uh... sure, but that it's or like uh, I, I tried to call the security that you said we have, and I've never seen them, and they didn't answer, and now all my oh. things are gone. <laughs> or oh, something like are that. you responsible? No, I am not responsible, nor is the company that I represent. And you are bad, and I am good. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, and, well, I try to find, and, like, you know, that's only part of my job. Then and the other part of my job is, like, I do help people solve, you know, problems. Crimes, like little Scooby-Doo mysteries. Yeah. That's, like, your other part of my job. You should have said you're a private detective. That's, like, any a, loser in the audience who gets asked that question. If I'm ever asked, what is my job? Yeah. By, like, somebody who's holding a microphone and pointing at me and asking what I do for a living, I'm going to say, um, I, I own a newspaper. <laughs> I'm a newsman. Because they know you don't have any money. I'm a newsman. Yeah. <laughs> I own a, a publication. This guy doesn't have any money. Let's go elsewhere to rob. I, yeah, no. The Houston Chronicle. <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> I own the That's Times right. Picayune. <laughs> the, the times picky. <laughs> uh, yeah, whenever we, uh, whenever there's a werewolf in one of our apartments that we're trying to uh, vacate, I always take off the mask and go, uh, "Old lady Ethel, mm. you were trying to uh, say that you didn't owe us money for your uh, bathtub catching on fire." I know you playing off the Scooby Doo thing. Old lady. I uh, I can hey. already tell that the audio quality of this, just looking at the... Because uh, earlier, it was very vexing, because earlier we were trying to fix the audio quality of this podcast, and I looked at the different waveforms of us talking, and they really looked similar. 
and I, I thought that we had cracked it, and right now we're right back to Bob's waves being like giant and crazy. No, no, it's just that I talked like that. Yeah, see that? Maybe it's just I'm an asshole talking. Ah, no, no. See, even when I try to be all loud and crazy. Ah! Ah! Uh, no, you got it. Oh, okay. Yeah. I just project more. Oh. Well, that shouldn't be. I know, you're the theater guy. I know. <laughs> I, uh, I used to be. Oh. I, always, I always think about, like, what it would be like to go back and, like, try musical theater here and there, but I don't think I could... You know, it's like every day for like fucking months that you have to go and do that. Like you have to stop being anything else in order to go and be like a theater person. It's oh, so much more to, to memorize lines. No, they just show up to rehearsals. Like the yeah. like whenever rehearsals are happening, it's like usually four nights a week, like multiple hours. You know, you can't be a stand up anymore, really. I guess mm. three nights. I'm I already only do stand up maximum three nights a week, so I guess I could fit something else in there. Um, but yeah, I'm uh, I, yeah, I'm about three nights a week too. I, uh, like to, I I love being like ten times a week on stage. I do like weekend shows where I'm like booked six mic six nights. You know, I do like about an hour. Would you Every like show, that? Yeah, yeah, six six times a week, and then then I do whatever mic I can, like thirty mics during the week. <laughs> That'd be pretty fun, you know, to to spend. Uh, the guys in Chicago who would do like five mics a night forever, like they would oh. just all the time. Yeah, I always. Uh, There's no creativity in anything they're doing. I I, yeah. I saw it for about two weeks, where I was like. Damn, these guys are just getting worse by uh, beating these dead horse jokes to death every time. And they all to hang each out. other. Yeah, to each other. They'll hang out yeah. with each other. They'll sound like each other. Fucking. Um, and I've been making fun of them for a long time since I moved away from there. And now I check out what they're doing, and yeah, it's like they're all doing way better than me. <laughs> uh, 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 yeah, yeah. Yeah, what are you gonna do? Um, one of my very funny friends, Adam Gilbert, uh, who did not do that. But with used to shots at last Sunday, he uh, he just got um, uh, 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 just for laughs that whole thing. Yeah, um, yeah. The, all the comedy milestones just seem so stupid. Like the, all the people I know who agonize about not ever making JFL, all the comedy people I know who agonize about uh, why don't why doesn't this festival ever book me? All the comedy people I know who agonize over. You know, I'll never do late nights, etc. It's like, well, everyone who does late night, you know, they still are poor. Yeah. <laughs> you know? uh, um, I don't know. I'm sure there are a lot of late night, the comedians who yeah. do late night who live with their parents and shit. Yeah, so, nobody ever asks the question, uh, why don't I fucking love what I'm doing when I go on stage? Right. I, I, as long as you do that, then you're successful at comedy. Yeah. Uh, if if you and then enough people will notice if you love what you're doing and the whole crowd loves what you're doing every time you go on stage, somebody's gonna be like, "This guy's great. He doesn't give enough breaks." See, but if uh, that's <laughs> the sort of positive shit you have rolling around in your head. Then why aren't you happier, Bob? I am happy. Gotta, okay, I just, oh, I, oh, 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 it's oh, a front. Oh. It's a front. I'm 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 deliriously happy every day. With my kisses and my boyfriend and my drinks and my, <laughs> <laughs> I get you know. <laughs> yeah, that's a funny way to put it, but I do believe you. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm I'm definitely happier uh, with my girlfriend. Yeah, you're a happy guy and I you're am. a funny guy. You love doing stand up when you kill, and I love watching you when you're awesome. Yeah. So I'm like, oh, who gives a shit I'm trying to work whether on, we're on uh, Leno or not? I'm trying to work on characters, like yeah. doing characters on stage. And I have a, I have one that's, uh, uh, yeah, I'm Mikey Vivaldi. Uh, my real name is Michael Bastardi. My friends call me Vivaldi because I live in the Four Seasons. <laughs> <laughs> if you're real educated. Yeah, real, <laughs> like real educated, but like, uh, yeah. like I keep going with more details. I think that's the, uh, yeah, yeah, that's, yeah. that's. Writing should be all about details. Yes. And then I have another one that's, um, uh, there's this YouTube series called Soft White Underbelly. I don't know if you've seen it, but this guy, uh, lives in Los Angeles and he interviews people on Skid Row 
like addicts and Do you still call it Skid Row? Is that not what it's called? Well, I don't know. It just sounds like that Little Shop of Horror not song. Not yeah, it, sounds, it's just not a real depiction of what poverty is or ever has been. <laughs> it's like uh, there's no dancing Someone and pretty. Someone give me a way to get out of here. <laughs> yeah. And he's fucking, you know, he's smoking crack. Yes. Rick Moranis is dark side in in broadway a poor person <laughs> yeah. is just someone with suspenders and a hat that's a little too big yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> so um he interviews these people uh in, in the impoverished areas of central la i don't know this what is the, underbelly what is it soft white underbelly soft white underbelly and it's uh he interviews a lot of prostitutes and drug dealers but he has this whole series where he's interviewing pimps and it's uh shocking and i can't stop watching it because these guys are like some of them are real cagey about the crimes they commit and they're like nah man i'm a finesse pimp I only ply, I only use violence, I only ply women with drugs. I'm such a good <laughs> pimp, I don't even know what I'm doing. Right. And people just give me money. <laughs> <laughs> and that makes me, like, hey, thanks for I, I have access to plausible deniability and full presence, so I'm doing nothing criminal that I know of, so I can always deny it. And I keep everything clean. Thanks for letting that's, you that's talk. That's what, what are you talking about? What are you talking about? What are you talking about? <laughs> I don't even know. I was not aware. I am not here. <laughs> I am a meme. You're, <laughs> you're doing the what are you talking about hands. <laughs> well, during the hearings. Yeah. During, during the you can't even lift your hands up because yeah. of how many rings are on them. <laughs> what is going on? What is... That is crazy. You would think that I did not see that. I would not know that. You're That's not my problem. Don't spitting. bring more cops. This is like, these are my rights. You're stepping on my rights. How you're, am I gonna? <laughs> you're spitting your yeah. Bow All I did was mouth. nothing. All I did was absolutely nothing. You, you're, you're here. I'm here. I was over there. That's nothing to do with you. You, you stay over there. I'm gonna be over here. Give me my space. <laughs> you have the guys who are like. That's a pimp. Yeah. <laughs> So you have those. Yeah. <laughs> but then you have, they call themselves gorilla pimps, meaning uh -huh. uh, I'm a guy who, like, chokes and uh, slaps mm. and etc. And you have these guys that are like, yeah, sometimes you got to rip a lady's tit off. And they're like, what? And then, <laughs> and then, and then you're like, oh, how? <laughs> it's just, it's, there's like four million views on this thing. It's like, I understand. <laughs> Look, I understand, you know, yeah. you know, you breaking can, somebody's jaw. Yeah. Well, Yo. also from the police perspective, it's yeah. like, look, fellas, testing a rape kit has got to be hard. I get it. You can't get around to everything. Go get that guy. Oh. Right. <laughs> People put up with everyday violence and uh, criminal behavior all the yeah. time. Don't want to don't want to. I don't want to get involved. I when can't get involved. A, I, I I got too much going on. I can't do this. When you have a confession. Yeah. When somebody confesses to you. Yeah. What do you do when somebody confesses to you? Well, put, and, it, on, put it on YouTube and it'll get 4 million views and then the cops still won't do anything. <laughs> I don't know what the fuck you do. Even if I, <laughs> even if I fucking shout it from the rooftops, uh, evidently nothing's going to happen. Yeah. Yeah. You because know. that's, you know... Those aren't the real criminals. <laughs> Why are we worried about the pimps? It doesn't matter. All right? It's not worth our time. I don't want to get involved in that fight. I don't want it to drag me down to third level. Yeah. You know, uh, you know I'm, I'm going after the real big fish. Draft dodgers. Yeah. <laughs> you mean from Vietnam? Yeah, they're still out there. <laughs> uh, a draft dodger in the you know what the real crime is stolen valor old person home <laughs> yeah <laughs> if, yeah if you're if you're walking around with an ill-fitting uh, military outfit trying to get free Starbucks <laughs> you're gonna have you're gonna be descended upon by all uh, sorts of old dudes like hey you motherfucker uh, yeah. yeah draft dodging wasn't the problem in the 70s either it was the uh, organized crime of the you know nexus of 
media and government and entertainment and technology and business and, and the people who are, are, the, are the real fraudsters are, are the ones who are making us think everything we think and fight each other instead of them. I think that draft dodging is cowardly because you didn't give me the option to spit on you when you came home. Yeah. <laughs> but that wasn't a poison video. Do you remember that one poison video? Where it was like... Uh, For which song? Get something Sing to believe song. in. It's called Something to Believe in. And there's like, here's the kind of things that makes me sad about America. I'm Brett Michaels. I'm wearing a cowboy hat and a bandana <laughs> to hide my balding head. And, uh, and I'm a... Sex icon. Yeah, I thought they did, and, like, uh, cocaine. <laughs> they did like cocaine. Fuck but here's the thing that pisses me off is those veterans came home and those 60s radicals were spitting on them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and you know, we here at Poison, we're better than that. <laughs> we're better than that. <laughs> now, here's a song about smoking meth out yeah, of... Yeah, something too... No. Out of, a, out of a hooker's butthole. Yeah, I'm making that up. I think that was in the Symphony of Destruction video of uh, Megadeth, maybe. I don't know. What? Do you I know do you remember? The, you ever heard of that one? I know. Okay, so Megadeth, they're the ones with the skeleton, and he's wearing the outfit, and uh, it's they they were like really they they sang primarily about like uh, political stuff, right? You know, it was a really dumb song. What? Sweating bullets. Hello, me. Meet the real me. I'm inside of me, and I'm crazy, <laughs> sweating bullets. <laughs> like little fucking teenagers are like, "Oh, I'm gonna play this for my mom and make her scared." And then like, they're like, you know, "You're not allowed to listen to that shit." Uh, you know, kids stands for knights and saints yeah, service. Yeah. yeah, they're not scary either. <laughs> like, that was uh, the funniest uh, attempt to make anything scary. Yeah, you, you ever hear that song? I'm back. Back in the New York groove. Yeah. <laughs> do, do, do. I'm back. Back in the New York groove. Is That's not a night in Satan's service. That's like, a, like some yuppie uh, just dancing with the girl and, and holding a martini. I completely and, forgot that that was a kiss and like, song. <laughs> and uh, 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 Hannah had to teach... Um, uh, Six, 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 the number of the beast. Oh, Iron Maiden. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The, and then, right after that. So it goes, six, you're taking a life and I'll take yours too. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, how? I'll be dead and then I'll take your life. That'd be scary. The number of the beast, six, 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 the one for you and me. I know, it's a brand. It's like, it's like it's Satan is... The one for you and me. And that is, it sounds like a jingle for chicken nuggets now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, I'm going to do a little ad here because I hate, 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 hate the ad that I put at the end, which I just put there because hopefully that leads to more listeners, but Here's an ad and something I believe in. Something, a book I'm reading. Uh, All the Light We Cannot See by Anthony Dower. I think that's how you pronounce his name. Anthony Dewer. Dewer. Anthony D-O-E-R-R. All the Light We Cannot See. Stupendous. A beautiful, daring, heartbreaking, joyous novel. It's about... Uh, a little blind girl living in France with her dad on the eve of World War II. And then um, her her town is besieged by and occupied by Germans. And so it's her story. Meanwhile, there's a story of a, a little German radio engineer named Werner who's in the German army. And it's about... Kids experiencing World War II on two different sides of the battle and about how people are caught up in history and how uh, it's out of the frying pan into the fire. It's, uh, you know, you're damned if you do, damned if you don't. Uh, it's living in an unfair regimented system of uh, tyranny and terror. Uh, good stuff. Really fun. Uh, propulsive narrative beautifully written it's also about a diamond uh, like a like a beautiful diamond whatever read the book it uh, I'll, I'll give you a little secret to my i don't have any taste i'm i'm pretty pretty basic i 
I just go along to the bookstore and I see who won the the major literary prizes. And I'm like, I'll try to read everybody who read the National Book Award. Every book that won the Pulitzer Prize. All the Light We Cannot See by Anthony Doerr, winner of the Pulitzer Prize, I think 2015. And um, yeah, it's a, it's a pretty good book. Pretty good. All right, back to the interview with the fucking uh, Micah Green. Yeah, I wanted to do a joke. Uh, I haven't done it on stage, but I'm I'm burning to do it on stage. Yeah, All right, I ask the question first. Uh, what kind of crowd are you guys? Would you be more sad? Will you be more sad? I think it's going to happen soon when Steven Tyler from Aerosmith dies uh-huh. or Ozzy Osbourne. Ozzy, I think, because Steven Tyler. Didn't Steven Tyler rave for something? So, so like, do you think Satan is pansexual or non-binary? <laughs> so you're an Ozzy crowd. <laughs> I'm a they! Oh, I don't even like sex! Oh, I'm Satan! Oh, call me they! Get the pronoun right! Oh. <laughs> For sure, <laughs> I for sure thought that Steven Tyler was going to be the, the transgender one. Oh, <laughs> uh, he's I don't know what Steven Tyler is. I, he's feminine in some ways. In every conceivable, have you seen him lately? Now, yeah, he's yeah, an old lady. He's Lily Tomlin. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah. Uh, and meanwhile, Ozzy's never gotten lip filling. Ozzy has the thinnest, weirdest lips. He could do uh, for some for some plumping up. Yeah, Ozzy is a ghost of a demon propped up to be a tv star and uh he's been dead for like 40 years whatever existed in the 80s i heard is... that, I heard that like sharon osborne convinced him to go and do comic-con or something recently maybe he had his body switched at that point maybe yeah i don't know why would you make him do anything <laughs> why would you make him sing with post malone <laughs> why would you make him sing a song with post malone Did he really? are, are you crazy yeah oh. it's Kind of a good song. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Can he sing still? Yeah, yeah. He's still yeah. going up in front of ice. He's like 80 fucking years old. Holy shit. <laughs> so it's not like a... Well, like, Axl Rose tries to sing. But, uh, like, if you... My fucking aunt. <laughs> did you go to a recent Guns N' Roses show or... Or when he was touring with ACDC and singing all the ACDC songs? No. I, that would have been fun. I would have liked to see that. I've just seen videos of him on YouTube, like, you know, coming out. And he's all really wasted and gigantic. and he has Can't a, run around like he used to. Can't. Tries. Still wears the bicycle shorts. He, he still, like, will prance out and he'll do, like, a couple laps and then he's Fat guys in tights done. are sad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah you know, right. like, fat guys with revealing underwear. It's and like, do baggy pirate pants. That was also a look for hair yeah. bands, but they never think to do that. It's always, they try to fit the old spandex. It's like, no, uh, it's a hair metal way to be comfortable. You know? What comes around goes around. I don't think he does that. I don't, I don't <laughs> think, uh, I don't think, who's that, that guy from Rat? What was his name? I don't um, know. Shitty Flamingo. Uh, shitty. His know. name was Shitty Flamingo. <laughs> yeah, it was like, uh, may as well. I, that's what he was. Like <laughs> it, was, it was just a shitty flamingo for the 80s. That's a great lounge singer, man. <laughs> shitty Flamingo. I'm a John Waters lounge singer. Uh, My aunt uh, had uh, has a company where she wants to do like dog sweaters. And... Um, one of her friends knows Axl Rose. Apparently Axl Rose has this breed of dog. And so my aunt was like, and I think my plan for my business is to reach out to Axl Rose and have him do uh, a promotion for my thing on his Instagram. And I'm like, does anyone fucking look at Axl Rose's Instagram? I read his Twitter sometimes. He's usually like... uh... You know, it's funny when some, when Axel has the right political take on stuff, and I'm like, oh, I kind of, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I hate I hate Trump too, Axel. Right on. Is or, Axel? Yeah, you know, oh he's kind God. of a, he's a leftist, but like, just yeah, yeah. hates the same people I've always hated. And uh, I think that you figured out. Uh, no, you no no wait. I messed it up totally. You messed it up. Oh, I don't care. <laughs> I think that. Uh, 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 
that'd be a really fun genre of song of like music to play and somehow like the whole 80s revival thing now is entirely like synth music and like no one even cares even remotely about reviving uh hair metal yeah they do hair metal uh Hair metal bands were selling out like Wrigley Field, like stadium, like like they're filling out stadiums, yeah. like the reunions of like uh, Poison and Motley Crue and the Joan Revi- Jett and uh, Def Leppard. That was that was like a multi million dollar tour this year. What it I was mean, as big as anything they did in the eighties. What I mean are young people trying to revive the genre, because well, I mean if there's such a market for it, they totally will. And I and I just saw this. Uh, band willow on uh saturday saturday night live last weekend and they were trying to do the the you know wah, 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 screamy stuff uh, okay. you know and i was like uh you're, you're trying they they did a really like i don't know if i like this willow band what were they trying to do <laughs> what did they try and yeah she's do? she's good uh, there's this one song wait a minute that my boss loves and i always got to play it uh, uh, wait a minute. No, I was wait a minute. Wait a minute. I left my conscience in you. I read my diary in your palm. Wait sound... a minute. It's something like that. And uh, you know, but but this way... one song she did was like rock and roll, baby, eighties, eighties. And uh, they uh, they they had like a fake television, and then she put her guitar. She smashed it into like a oh. like a breakaway screen in a oh. fake television and just left it there like she was gonna. But I'll go pick up the instrument later. This was it wasn't uh, like breaking an instrument. It was just like breaking a prop that is meant to be broken. And I was like, what a perfect statement for uh, what this music is and what the show is. <laughs> no, the show's great. Yeah. Actually, I had some great sketches last weekend. I really like Sarah Sherman. Sarah Sherman had this googly eye sketch that I thought was really funny. Yeah, Sarah Sherman's great. I used um, to, I, I knew her briefly in Chicago when I was there, and she was fucking impossible. She used to host uh, Coles on Wednesdays, and she was absolutely impossible to follow because she would go up on stage... And she would do like a fifteen minute set where it was insane. It was like she was all she was like running all over the stage. She was dressed like a clown. She was yelling at people. Oh, my pubes are fifteen feet long. I'm gonna, I'm gonna put my fucking pubes in your drink. And then people were like, "What the fuck is going on?" And then I would try to go up and try to do weird shit. And people were like, oh, we, "We don't want any more weird shit. No more yeah. weird shit." <laughs> not if you're not gonna keep the pace. <laughs> no. Of, um, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Compared to her, it's like, oh, this is boring weird shit. No, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> it really surprises me that you had that assessment yesterday. Of uh, we saw Joe Para yeah. and uh, his name. Uh, Dan, Dan Licata before him, I thought it was utterly hilarious. I thought he was and really same good. humor, same writing. I could see that it's the same sort of writing. Uh, he's just delivering it differently and with the rock and roll, you know, attitude. Yeah, but that's a, that's like, it's but it's like he who loves Joe Para cannot at the same time hate the same type of mind doing something in just a you know, like 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 with the comedy mask instead of the tragedy mask right you have like you're, you're being dumb right <laughs> and uh yeah there was a guy last night at the show uh who there were like 600 people in the audience and only a couple of them decided to be uh, dickheads and there were a couple there was like one guy in the back of the room who was kind of yelling out like drunk non sequiturs and i was like ah oh, he's just drunk you know he doesn't know how to participate in this and then there was a guy at the front who uh Said something along the line, so Joe is like, oh, it feels like a Q&A. And, um, yeah, that was funny. And, I, when and he the, did it. Yeah. And the guy at the front said, uh, uh, tell Dan what you thought of his shitty fuckhole set. He didn't say it like that. But he, he implied that like Dan had a bad set, and if pressed on it, Joe would agree. And, and it's like, what a bizarre... Yeah. They've already established that the dude worked on his show. He's been touring with them this whole time. They're know? friends. And then Dan oh Licata threatened to murder him. He threatened to follow him home and murder him. Yeah. And then he was like, what's your address? And then <laughs> and you can see Joe being like, oh, no. Well, uh, I don't know about murder. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, I saw Beth Stelling last week. and uh, Oh, okay. She had these socks huh. I bought. 
Oh, cool. They say women's stand-up comedy on the sock. Because <laughs> <laughs> um, nice. she has this joke where she says her mom tells her, you know, um, if there were if stand-up comedy were an Olympic sport, you'd be a gold medalist. You'd win the gold medal for <laughs> women's stand-up comedy. That's <laughs> 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 an insulting thing to say. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, um, but it's yeah. funny. Hey, hey, hey. I, I I didn't know who was funnier when I was like I saw Beth Stelling a week ago and then Joe Perry yesterday and I was like they're so funny in each in their different way but it was like it was just really nice to watch comedians that make me inspired and make me feel like I love watching comedy as much as I love doing it yeah and uh, and that because I get so sick of watching comedy that I have to watch yeah well we're also very alternative uh, boys. Or just I don't know, like and, I was, and Joe Perry, of course, has had the has had the benefit of curating his own audience, and he has, he's had several shows, and, and he's, he's had several shows. And if he had done what he did last night in front of a normal stand-up crowd, who knows how it would have played? I think it still would have played because he has that. It's not even a character. It's just like when you when you that, that's uh, Andrew was like, yeah, I thought that when I talked to him, he was going to be uh, different, but it's just it's just that guy all the time. Oh. Yeah, that's what I've heard about him. But um, uh, what the fuck was I about to say? Yeah, I thought he was going to be like like the the stage presence was sort of going to going to turn off, or he would just be natural and normal. No, I, I can't imagine uh, going through life like that, like him. I can because it oh. seems very relaxing. Doesn't it seem like uh, way more relaxing to be like that? But yeah, he's strangely hot too. That's the like I'm watching yes. him and I'm like, God damn, he's even when I see him from the, I was on the balcony and I was looking at him and I was seeing the balding and the, and the and the uh -huh. weirdness of I was like, I was I was like, oh, it's kind of inappropriate to watch somebody like, be so sexy. The his face like if you ever yeah. see like a portrait photograph just like, of dead on of his face like he's a he's a very handsome fucking dude. Yeah. And uh, it makes a lot of sense to me why, you know, he would uh, have a hot And he's got, day. like, a nice body and stuff, but he's just, like, standing in bad clothes and acting like he's from the 1940s. Well, he's also going to give himself and, horrible back problems doing that fake, you know, slumped over <laughs> look all the time. Um, but, uh, yeah, so I don't, I, you know, I watch people like that, and I'm like, yeah, this inspires me to try stuff that i like but at the same time it's like well whenever i try stuff that i like i get people pulling me aside going hey you need to try stuff that you don't like <laughs> you know yeah yeah uh, yeah i've been watching the uh i don't know it's just i get a little sick of this scene sometimes i feel like it's just like the same game going round and round I, whether i win or lose i'm always going to be in the same place here uh, and uh you know Won contests, lost contests, done like middling rounds, finals. I've I've like proved myself. I've embarrassed myself. I've like, you know, been on some of the best shows anybody could ask for. Nothing's happened. Right. I'm always like just the same thing, same person. I get spots regularly. I go up. I stay good. But like, I don't know. People just come start out surpass me so, somehow quickly that's kind of the way you know like i'm a standard but there uh, some people are stars i don't know i don't know what the fuck it, you know like i can't get frustrated at the way fate works or the way like randomness operates or oh i went first in a contest instead of having the ideal spot and it's like that's a uh, well i think we're also not doing enough uh each of us to yeah. um get the the following and the, the attention we deserve. No, well, yeah, I mean, yeah. just you know, to market ourselves to people who would come to our things and understand what we were doing and appreciate it. Because I think we just kind of leave it up to a dice roll every single time we get up there as whether or not people are going to dig us. Yeah. Which is part of you know, part of stand up inherently is you know you have to read we have to read the room and adjust yourself accordingly, etc. But I think that the entire alt movement was, you know, for people who are right weird shit to get followings of people, weird people who come to see weird shit, and then you're able to, you know, put up weird stuff and have people react. 
not like you're an asshole and not like you're ruining their evening because you were weird, you know? I don't know. I I heard uh, Conan O'Brien once and then um, Louis C.K. kind of both in different podcasts say similar things about how, like, uh, their, their, their success came after they uh, threw everything else away yeah. and only cared about comedy. And Conan was like, it was as if I set my house on fire and then tried to uh, put out the fire myself by being successful. Yeah. And uh, and if you're just going to live in a house, you're not going to really do comedy. you got to set the house on fire and then figure out the problem that you've created by like doing enough to get paid enough to keep going. Yeah. And survive. Uh, but that's that's somebody who went to Harvard already. And, you know, I was like, he's never going to. Yeah, he he's, yeah. he's always going to be physically safe. It's just the metaphor he's using. And it's like the whole, <laughs> the whole mythos of uh, Louis C.K. having not been successful for, he says something like. Oh, but well, he would also stupidly gamble away everything he had like and like and be totally broke like norm mcdonald used to do well yeah but uh, also like uh, the kind of mythos that louis ck built up around himself was like oh for the first 10 years i wasn't successful and i was like yeah well within those 10 years you wrote for you fucking leno you uh you'd done like five comedy specials on like young comedians on right. hbo or like you had already, di- different appearances on television you had or, already written for several shows so yeah. to say that he wasn't successful like maybe as a stand-up that's true but, but that's like all those people you're saying who like you know even after they get on uh whatever late night show do television they're still poor like you hit yeah, the milestone, he was still poor. still poor you're yeah. still you know but uh he hit milestones but he wasn't like that's i think what he means by being unsuccessful but like yeah you now if I had his success when he was just hitting those milestones, I'd be uh, right. I'd, I'd be writing milestones on my tombstone happily. That's right. I would be writing two-liner jokes <laughs> for uh, model for uh, James Corden yeah. about how um, he doesn't like a Kylie Minogue song or something. James Corden doesn't like Kylie Minogue. I don't know. I don't know. I, I like Kylie Minogue. She's good. He's um, gonna lose a foot. Is he, she gonna lose a foot because she's di- diabetes caused by fatness? That's right. Is that what's going on with Kylie Minogue these days? That's she right. just kind of blew up and just stopped trying, and she's done opioids and fucking uh, <laughs> just kind of like pilled out, barred out, yeah. fatted, fatted calf. <laughs> just like saying, so, you know, I used to dance, but now I'm just dying. I am fat to the calf and fat to <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. I, oh, it's sad when they go down that way. Uh, but <laughs> it's, uh, same thing happened to that, uh, Reggie, I don't know. Reggie Watts, not to bring up another fat musician. He's lost all the weight. I know. Yeah. But he completely debased himself. Cause he, he, if you look up, um, uh, Reggie Watts did like a lot of early YouTube videos with like Ben Dowden was like the name of the producer and he um, did like a lot of uh, very serious like here's how good I am at music and singing things uh-huh. they're all on YouTube and they're very fucking amazing like if you could find his early outings as a musician on YouTube yeah. and if you could find like uh, stuff where he's being funny it's also very very good if you watch him as the band leader of Comedy Bang Bang, the TV show, it's very good. Yeah, he's always funny. Then and he sketches left, and stuff. Then he left the Comedy Bang Bang TV show. To he did eight years of uh, James Corden when he only had to work half an hour a day. I know why he did it. Uh-huh. But I just think it's a terrible tragedy that it happened. Uh-huh. Like, it's like... Um, uh, is it worse than me working at a strip club? Is that a tragedy? Yes, it is worse than that. Because, <laughs> because Reggie Watts could sing. And I'm not saying you can't sing. I've, I've never watched well. James Corden once. I don't think a lot of people have. Right. Uh, but Reggie um, Watts should be doing things that people I think see. he's got enough money to do whatever he wants now. I know. Uh, so, uh, uh, Kyle Mooney um, on SNL, or was on SNL. Yeah, he's great. I loved his animated show. His, uh, well... Smash... Fucking, have you seen have you seen him and Beck Bennett's the and the other guy who didn't make it onto SNL? Nick uh, Rutherford. Yes. Have you seen their? I take it you've seen the Good Neighbor stuff. Yeah, that was all sketches. funny. Yeah, it was so good. And then he was on SNL for fucking five, how, six years, five or six years, and it completely put a halt on everything 
funny that he was up to. What are you talking and, about? And he made... even it, well for a while <laughs> on SNL, like the digital shorts and stuff. The 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 only things of quality that SNL put out for like a year ah. was was Beck Bennett and Kyle Mooney. I know that you're a fan of the show or whatever. Oh, they were good. Uh, but, cast members Beck Bennett was always a great cast member and it's like okay I get hey, that you watch old episodes it's not not everything lands he achieved yeah. a level of fame that he could not have achieved just being yeah. an independent artist however I believe that it Lord Michaels with his big old gargoyle claws sinks him into your flesh and drags you down to a basement and then forces you to do subpar work for about five years and I feel like it's a mm. largely a waste of time I feel like um oh. Chris Farley wasn't a waste of time. No. When he, no, when he, he did not. that uh, Colombian coffee crystals. Uh, you, you remember that one? Um, where uh, he gets very enraged that they yeah, gave him fake coffee in the restaurant <laughs> and he loses his mind. Yeah. <laughs> yes. It's very good. <laughs> very fucking good. It's, uh, I don't know. There's the, the stuff like that or the massive head wound Harry or, or something like yeah. that which, which stands out in your mind when you think about it years later. And, you're, uh, you're not thinking about the dumbass uh, sketches that were boring and kind of like just like six minutes long for no reason. And, and uh, uh, Drew Gooden uh, is a YouTuber who he did this thing where he watched an episode from every single season of SNL. And uh -huh. then because he was trying to answer the question. Which one was the best cast? And then, well, he came to the conclusion that it's always been about the same. Every sketch show is really only about 50% good. Yeah. At best, right? Like yeah, the very you come best. out with it in a week. Yeah. Uh, well, or, or like Mr. Show, you take a longer amount of time even, and still you have some... Oh, stuff. I don't think it's 50% bad. They had a better ratio than I think. They had a better ratio. Saturday Night Live. But, you Weeks, know. but, um, But, uh, okay, so what are the best sketch shows? The very best sketches. Kids have in the Hall, I, I think, uh, is 50-50. Uh, I think hall. Inside Amy Schumer was a good show. I, uh, I think it's coming back. Uh, she uh, was she was good. She had great, uh, you know... Do you know Peter Serafinowicz? I've heard of that. He, uh, look, up, look up the Peter Serafinowicz show. It's all on YouTube for free. Oh. He's the guy... You've who, told me about him before. Yeah, he played uh, Darth Maul. Oh, really? In Star Wars? Voice. He played oh. the voice of Darth Maul. Loaded for life. Yeah. Does whatever he wants. And well, is he it, British or something? And it's one of those deals where he is like a big British comedian, but yeah. nobody over here has heard about. Yeah. Him. But um, him and oh, what's her fucking name? That chick who the British chick who is on The Office who replaced Michael Scott for a little bit. Pam Dauber. No, I don't know. No, I don't know. Her. That's from Mork and Mindy. Um. Uh, you know, I, 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 I sympathize with what just happened here because I often try to make old cartoon references <laughs> to people in conversation. Like, oh, that guy's a real Mr. Magoo. And people are like, yeah. what the fuck are you talking about? I mean, Mr. Shut Magoo up. was a movie with, what, fucking Leslie Nielsen? Yeah. Or Brendan Fraser? Or and, it, and uh, even more, uh, I'm like, oh, that guy got Elka bombed. And people are yeah. like, shut up. I don't know that. Uh, I don't know what that is either. What? What? Okay, so I got kebobbed one time. I got shish kebobbed by like four guys. <laughs> I was like, "Damn, that's a lot of dicks." Were you the onions? <laughs> yeah, I was. Like, I was the blooming onion <laughs> on that one. Damn. Uh, <laughs> yeah. um, so, Quick Draw McGraw was a horse that was a cowboy. Oh, okay, yeah, I heard of that. And his yeah. alter ego was El Kabong, who wore a uh, Zorro mask and hit people with a guitar. Yeah. You're welcome. For knowing that. And then what's the uh, Wacky Races? Yes, yeah, Wacky Races. Incorporated, and, and, and what's uh, the little dog that laughs when you fall down and break your face? That was Snively Whiplash's dog. I forget his name. Ah, damn. But he went... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. He's like, he sees you fucking die. <laughs> it's where George W. Bush learned his laugh. <laughs> <laughs> And Snively Whiplash would be like Carl Rove or something. Or Dick Cheney, I guess. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Don't you miss Dick Cheney? Yeah, what an evil uh, piece of shit. I hate it whenever people. I hate it whenever people are like, "Well, doesn't this just make you, man?" I would take George Bush any day. 
Oh, and it's like, yeah. no, not him either. <laughs> Fucking. No, I mean, it's like, uh. It's some of the worst atrocities of American history. We're all in an ant colony, and, uh, the, the queen is always going to be the same. Yeah. Whether it's, uh, whatever drone thinks they're in charge, lording over however millions of us there are, yeah. uh, who think we're all individuals. Uh, we're, we're, we're all going to think. Yeah, our... it's always going to be George Soros. <laughs> Alex, I couldn't think of the name Alex Jones. I'm losing my goddamn mind. I've had COVID so many times. I've lost half my memory. Many, I, I'm like, I'm like. How many times have you had COVID? I, yeah, countless times. Like keep <laughs> getting COVID. I, you know, it's just like, yeah, it just wipes a little slate clean, and I start over and I begin afresh. But uh, I can't remember stuff, and I'm like, uh, how many shots have you had? Shots of COVID. Shots of COVID. Oh, I had all the doses. I had uh, all the boosters. I got, oh, uh, yeah, and the COVIDs. I, I keep getting it over and over. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> I've only gotten it a couple of times, but uh, boy, was it bad. Yeah. Um, yeah. You go out too much. No, I don't. No. No, no, I don't. Oh, that's true. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, this has been the podcast. And, yeah, uh, sorry. <laughs> Look, I bombed on Joe Paris <laughs> last night. I bombed as an audience member. How about that? No, you were great. That was, was so funny. Was that you were like, you were, I was, you were one up in him. I was, uh, <laughs> and then he was like giggling. He broke character because it is a character. I bet that Joe Paris shit is a character. Andrew Youngblood is probably just an, enough of a person to make him uncomfortable enough to stay in character. <laughs> and, and, uh, Look, just because Andrew Youngblood is seven feet tall with a terrifying face doesn't mean he's scary. <laughs> just because he's covered in tattoos of skulls. Fire. Just because I kill people, I I put my guard down. I, I'm at ease, you know. I kill people for a living, but that's not like all I am. I'm funny. I'm cool. I'm funny. I'm cool. I'm funny. Yeah, he's just not. He's just not real around me. Maybe yeah. yeah. Uh, do you ever worry that nobody's real around you? Oh, all like, uh, yeah, all the time. Well, uh, also like uh, I feel like in Houston, I'm not. I think Andrew Youngblood is real around me, and I don't think he's a scary killer. I think he's just a normal person. But uh, I think that he, the tattoos he would put Joe Para at like. I, I bet Joe Para would still act like the stage person around him. I think that the tattoos he has on his knuckles that say "knife fuck" do put me at disease. Does the tattoo say knife fuck? Oh, across his knuckles, knife fuck. Is that like a Blink One Eighty Two reference or something? No, I, don't, <laughs> I don't know. He but I mean, then really all know. of his darkness is like, oh, that's actually about like a ska band, <laughs> and you're like, oh, okay, <laughs> like, it's not really dark. <laughs> it's like, uh, yeah, I know. He's he's a, he's a cool guy. I'm yeah. just making I'm just making fun because he does have a lot of scary tattoos. Yeah, I think any anything any kind of those tattoos are scary. All right, I'm sorry. Like Don't be sorry. Be no, happy. You already be... tried to. You already tried oh. to call an end to this. And... <laughs> uh, Micah Green of Stage and Screen. Did I mention I'm a comedian. Can I tell you my Instagram handle? <laughs> yeah, of course. Oh, yeah. Right. Now, now is the time. Now's the appropriate time. Yeah, those 600 people weren't writing it down. No. <laughs> they were. Uh... You know what's funny? What I did do is I uh, made a post on his Reddit. Oh. And I was afterwards, and I was like, "Hey, I'm that guy." In case you didn't catch that Instagram handle. <laughs> <laughs> And there you completely uh, redeem yourself. Slash it. That's <laughs> like the uh, Dumb and Dumber, you know? He comes back with the little, uh, the, the motorized tricycle or whatever that they ride after he sells the van. He's like, just what I think you're going to be. So you completely redeem yourself. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, uh, I, I, just I, what I thought you couldn't get any dumber. Uh, I like that movie. I, um, I haven't seen my, uh, um, my Instagram handle. At Mike Green of Stage and Screen. M I C A H O F S T. Wait, no. I don't know. Uh, D. Uh, <laughs> All right. Good night, everybody. Wait, was, uh, was that uh, medication for HIV? Uh, oh, um, it, that's prevention, but then there's the management one that's like Devado. Yeah. Uh, and. Devado. Yeah, like it's, like, it's Devado. Yeah, <laughs> and there's like an ad for Devado with like different people who take it, saying like, "This is my life now, and I'm normal, everything's yeah. great." And then, and then it introduces you to like Armando, Foodie, 
I don't know. And I'm like, <laughs> his whole bio just says foodie. Yeah. It's like Armando, foodie. And I'm like, that's not how he got HIV. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> Okay, okay. I well, should say, uh, I don't one more thing. One more thing. Okay. Uh, Charlie Sheen, after he knowingly infected, uh, I, I don't know, like a dozen women with HIV. On Epstein Island or whatever. Yeah. Fucking. Um, so that came out. Then somehow he was a free man after that. And he did a condom commercial. Oh. And he did a condom commercial where it was him, like, in a spotlight on, like, a black soundstage. It was like, I know I made a lot of mistakes. Listen, uh, I don't. Uh, if you think living without consequences is possible, look at me and don't be what I am. Use a condom. That's right. And I'm for sure using these. Uh, let's see, what are they called? Uh, uh, Plastico Supreme. Kind my of like, favorite, uh, <laughs> I'm too old to use condoms now because my dick won't get hard enough. But back when I had hard dicks, I would always use. <laughs> There's nothing better than an obscure condom brand. There's nothing more reliable or... There's uh, nothing sexier than an old lady's condom commercial. I had, um, when I first started fucking, I had... Hell yeah. I had five Planned Parenthood condoms break on me. Yeah. Yes. Uh, it's like they're uh, they're trying to it's keep you coming back. It's like a dealer who sells you something that's just going to keep you coming back and then pay more. They, they want those abortions, baby. Yeah, <laughs> here's a leaky condom for next time. You know, after you walk away from your first abortion, here's five more for free. They're for extremely small penises. Oh, okay, because you got like a big cap. Not even. No, okay. not, <laughs> not, no. It's just yeah. You know. Anyway, folks, yeah. be careful out there. Yeah. Don't and if you're them. interested, I would say I have a literally uh, slightly above average cock. Yeah. Well, I, I'm like uh, I've been praised for it, but yeah. I've also known, you know, many dicks because a gay man who's promiscuous in the age of grinder uh -huh. gets to see lots of dicks, and so I know the reality that I don't have the biggest dick in the world. When you're, but it's respectable. If someone and people like it, if you're fucking, and it's nice looking. If you're fucking out on Tinder, mm -hmm. it seems like gay guys don't have the same. Like, straight guy, oh my god, is my penis going to be big enough for these women, oh. sort of. Because I feel like gay guys, it's all yeah. a... Like, it's like, what are you going to do? Like, what are you going to do? Gay guys, yeah. their cocks are all like uh, flowers in the Garden of Eden. They're all just like, you know, they they think they're all beautiful and great. Uh -huh. yeah. yeah. Whereas straight guys, we think that every woman's going to literally point and laugh at our genitals and tell us to leave their house. I don't know. You know? Yeah. Maybe I just like having somebody next to me, you know, like uh, with uh, you know their heart next to my heart, and that's that's all that matters more than just like getting fully rammed. Do you and, like and, and, and like and like the giant comes and and, and the like oodles of noodles coming out of somebody's fucking sperm hole? <laughs> it's like I, I I just care about the mind that creates the gush. You know the trick the trick about big comes is not at all about. How big edging and uh, no, it's you know for, it's about pounding your balls with the you well, know, with the hammer when they're not around and then just like, <laughs> yeah. eat a lot of celery, hit your balls with the hammer, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and have a big pee hole. Yeah, stretch. Yeah, the pee miss. Yeah, really is inconsequential. <laughs> you want a pee hole that can pass a thumb. <laughs> and in that way you will have thicker loads so better lovers better lovers. better stories better lovers thicker loads what if instead of somebody shitting on your dick you just like suck up all the shit with your vacuum pee hole and uh <laughs> it gets like backed up in your body from... uh -huh. yeah that's what i was always worried about with like you know plugging some dude was that like my dick was gonna fill my hole yeah, like uh, your dick was gonna. Fill the, the, your I, I was gonna fill up with their shit if I plunged it into like a big like hole full of shit. Okay, that well, my this... dick would get like shit in it, and then I would get poisoned by their shitty body. I'm glad that this is in their a, waste. I'm glad that this is a concern that you have because I've never had that concern. I actually I... like shit. I like to eat shit. <laughs> <laughs> I eat my cat's shit. He's smiling so big. <laughs> okay. It's a literal shit-eating grin. I just ate my shit. 
That was fast. Uh, yeah, that was a that was a quick hour. Okay. Um, uh, yeah. Micah, um, Micah Green of Stage and Screen. Um, I also like to eat shit. Why do you think I keep doing stand-up comedy? Uh, huh? Boring old Bob boring old on Bob. Instagram and Twitter. Bitter old bitch on uh, TikTok. And uh, just go to the Gay Shame Parade. No, that's the old name of the show. It's Comedy Bathhouse. Hey, it's a secret group. Gay Shame Parade was better. Shut up. It, it was the... <laughs> you're right. Uh, it's like uh, the, uh, it the secret better, group. It was a better name. Yep. Better <laughs> show, usually. Uh, the uh, secret group. Uh, uh, every other Monday, uh, 8 o'clock, uh, uh, 5 bucks. Five Good bucks. time. 2101 Pulse. Uh, Got the uh, open mic afterward, you know, the shitbags from the open mic don't even sit there and watch a show when there's no audience, you know, I got these people, I pay them 50 bucks to fucking perform, hey, damn it, out of my own pocket, I'm like, oh, you came from out of town, here's some gas money, and then these fucking assholes are gonna go up and do their stupid time, and I'm like, oh, this guy sucks, and then they walk out, and I'm like, hey, yeah. that could be you, if you're lucky, I'm like, oh, well, well, Bob, the trick is to pay people to stay, yep, yeah. Well, folks, I uh, I'm happy, and this I'm I'm happy. Yeah, I'm happy too. I know oh, that yeah. I know that I said some stuff in this thing that might lead you to believe that I'm sad, but in point of fact, my life is pretty great, and I'm feeling more uh, motivated to work on creative projects than I have in a really long time. And part of that is I have really cool people around me all the time now, and uh, one of those cool people is Mr. Bob Morrissey. And Bob, thank you for having me on once more, and I hope you have. Salad evenings and butter afternoons. Thank you, and thank you for doing the podcast. This has been Bob Morrissey and guest Micah Green on The Healing Club. <laughs>